Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you ask me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radner. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. I didn't think this was going to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> this this seemed like the podcast that would never that would never exist. Oh my god! I mean, literally, like the time before, I'm like up, a meeting popped up, and then last week, like 30 minutes, ready to go. I'm like, and then my boss calls me into a meeting. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like this yeah, guy's no going to be like, yeah, I don't reschedule twice. We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll reschedule. If you want to cancel it right now and reschedule it till next week, I would do that as well. But uh, no, this is great. You're way too kind. Maybe a little I, too kind. Yeah, are I you, probably am. Are you in uh, Jersey, New York? Where you at? I'm in uh, New York, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I grew up in Jersey, like, uh, what was it, Morris County, like right outside Manhattan. And nice. then I moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, because it's so much more warm out here, and I can't take the winters this time of year. Yeah, and I would assume, I don't know much about Arizona, but I would assume Scottsdale's probably cheaper. In like an easy, like an easier place to live than Jersey is. You know what I mean? You get more for your money. It's warm. There's a lot to do here. I mean, we don't have the Yankees, but you know, Diamondbacks are like the worst team in baseball. We do have the Suns and the Cardinals. You guys are stuck with the Giants and the Jets. So it evens out. Yeah, I've been to that place, <laughs> the Diamondback 
uh, stadium years ago, man. My uh, whatever. I used to um, watch wrestling a lot, and yeah. my friend, my friend never ever stopped, uh, which is fine. Whatever. I, I, you know. Anyways, a couple years ago, he was like, "Hey, man, uh, the Royal Rumble is in Phoenix. You want to go?" And I was like, "Sure, dude. That's great." And uh, anyways, we went. It was awesome. Yeah, I was there too. I actually have a chair. It's like the chair I use in my office. You're um, on the floor, huh? Yeah. One of the ringside chairs. Were you ringside? Like, what row were you? I was like 10 rows behind, but it was like right where like the ringside area was near the ring. It was probably the closest I've ever sat at an event. It was actually pretty cool. When you see that stuff up close, it's like, okay, like I could see why you could be into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get being into it uh, regardless. But me and my friend, I think we were in like whatever section 100, we're up a little bit. But um, we kept thinking, we were like, oh, the floor seems real rough if you're not in the first like few rows. Because if you're in row 20, buddy, you're not even, you can't see anything that happens outside of the ring. You don't know what the hell's going on. Nope. I mean, you may as well just watch it at, on TV at that point. Yeah. It is such a different dynamic watching that stuff up close and personal. Like going to a UFC event ringside, I'm sure, is just unbelievable compared mm. to watching it on TV. Are you a big UFC guy? I noticed that you had like a UFC uh, bit that you did on YouTube. I don't know if it was for UFC or making fun of UFC. I don't, I'm not a UFC guy. Okay. And it might be, I swear to God, at this point in time, not only might I be the last man on earth that's not into it, I might be the last human person alive that's not into it. So what's your reasoning then? Well, I'm not going to like it just because everybody else does. I can't. Right. I just can't. I find it. Here's the thing. Before I even say anything, I very much respect any single person who would do that. Anybody that uh, trains and this is their life, I respect the hell of that. It's, it's, it's craziness. I dislike the culture around it. I dislike... The, the the idea that, like, the greatest thing we can ever do with our lives is watch two barefoot people in board shorts kick each other in the fucking mouth. I hate graphic tees. I don't like... Dude, I don't like a lot of it, man. There's so much that I don't like. But again, the fighters themselves respect the hell out of that. Oh, my God. You you have to. What they put their bodies through, just, just the training alone leading up to the fight, and then they just get the, their asses kicked, whether they win or lose. You're getting your ass yeah. kicked in that ring. Real quick, to bring it back to wrestling real quick, you sounded like that guy when you said the what they put their bodies through. Remember that clip of the guy who was like, uh, it's still real to me, damn it. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> right I before didn't... he went into that, he was like, uh, you know, I just want to thank you guys for what you do to your bodies. Just a funny video. I mean, literally, like, half of, because I got into play-by-play -play commentary in school, and half of my stuff comes from the wrestling commentary what they say like oh my god watch out watch out it all comes from that yeah that makes sense. that makes sense but you so you're a big ufc guy i i'm, I'm a casual fan i watch the pay-per-views i don't watch every single fight night and keep up with every single fighter but i enjoy the fights absolutely i enjoy the build-up i enjoy the intensity of it um they promote the hell out of it they market it probably better than any other sport today Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm with you. There are some some people, including Dana White, some things I disagree with him on as well. You know, like I think maybe they could be a little too brash. Uh, respect the hell out of what they've accomplished, though, because yeah, it's doing wild. I mean, is done. You totally. I, I um, remember how. I mean, uh, it's been so many years now, but like there was one point in time where that was such 
it was almost like before ECW blew up. It was just two crazy people fighting in some kind of cage. I remember seeing, you know, there was just there was no weight classes. Nope. There was just like I, I saw this dude. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the other guy's name. He was just like a big trucker-looking guy who's fighting a tiny man. The trucker guy's fight style was brawler. Yep. The other dude knew Muay Thai. And you're like, the trucker's going to beat the... Like, there's just no... Little guy runs at him. Trucker smokes this guy in the face, blows his face up, and he dies. He didn't die, but I mean, he's... You know? Right. So there's not even any part of that that was like... They would never do anything like that again like it would never even be it does it wouldn't even happen so even just to think of where that it was at one point in time to what it is now uh yeah it's it's craziness i mean that's almost illegal now like you have to be within like 10 10 15 pounds of one one another very least at the heavyweight division like you couldn't put a featherweight 145 155 against someone who's 175 now Dude, I think this was legitimately like 150 versus 220. This guy, it was like a guy, I don't even know if he was a fighter, man. I think they just like found him at a fucking Texas roadhouse and they go, dude, do you want to just kill a man today? And he goes, fuck it. And he he jumped into a ring and just (laughs) murdered a guy. I wonder if you had to like sign a waiver or anything like that. Just like, there's a good chance you're not coming out of this, buddy, but we'll let you do it if you sign this and don't blame us. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. At the time, they probably just went, look, dude, we'll give you $1,000. And somebody's like, yeah, I I know Muay Thai. There's no way I can lose to this guy. And they go, well, you're wrong. This this man is bigger than any single person that you've ever probably fought ever. Oh, my God. And that's the thing with, like, WWE. You'll put someone like The Big Show up against, like, some midget, and you're like, this. how am I supposed to get into this? Exactly. Yeah, they fought at WrestleMania one year. And yeah. Floyd Mayweather's obviously the greatest boxer of all time, the greatest lightweight of all time, I guess, even though he ducks and dodges everyone. But, you know, he's undefeated, and I, I guess it worked. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but in a real-life fight, the big show. Not that they, Who cares? This isn't, this isn't even... Right. The, but the big show would murder Floyd. Like, he would he'd murder him. There's just no... You can't, you cannot, he's, he's massive. Like some people use the term murder as in just like, oh, he's going to crush him. Like, no, he'd, he'd kill him yeah. in the ring. He'd kill him. So I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very uh, pumped to talk to you today. For those of you that don't know, Nathan McIntosh, um, New York City comedian. You can catch him. You, you uh, consistently perform all over the place, right? Comedy seller, every, everywhere alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very intrigued because I've done a few open mic nights myself, nothing special. And by a few, I mean three. I I think that's the, I think that's the plural noun for, for a few, three. Technical definition. Yeah. I think Um, so. But like, I'm very intrigued to learn of how you got your start and like how you kind of form and kind of structure your jokes, not only from like real life experiences, but just by the way you view things, the way you view the world, just from talking right there about UFC and WWE a little bit, like you definitely have a unique take on, take on things. So I'm intrigued to learn a little bit about your backstory, you know, where you grew up and how you kind of formed your, your comedy or how you're inspired by your comedic viewpoints on the world. Um, oh man, uh, God. The, the, well, first of all, I'm from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, the oh, wow. 
the east coast of Canada. Yeah. The uh, do you know about it? I mean, some a lot of people I've don't. I've heard of it. Okay, good. There you go. I have heard. But I mean, some people haven't. Legitimately, I I'll, I'll say Nova Scotia to people, and they're like, Norway? They have no idea. Yeah. What it is, where it is. Um, I mean, I always liked. Uh, I always liked stand up as a kid. I just thought it's a cool thing, and um, I don't know, man. As far as like where I get stuff, you just sort of go. Uh, I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I you walk around and you go. This seems fucking stupid. And then you talk about it with people in front of, you know, in groups. And some of those people laugh and other people will be like, I don't agree. And then you continue on, you know, like the amount of people just real quick to go back to UFC. The amount of people have said, like, I don't think I like UFC. That the number of people who were against it years ago has shrunk now to, I swear to God, me, it's me. And like that little guy whose face was shattered, who knew Muay Thai? He probably isn't a fan anymore once he got demolished by a, a truck driver, you know? It's me and that guy. It's just me and him, but I can't... What, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Like it because everybody else does? Hey, we're all going here, so I can't... I, there's not, I, can't I can't do it. My right. stupid makeup doesn't fucking allow me to, to, to do it. I don't like the goddamn Avengers movies either. I don't care... I don't care if, it, if they somehow get my money and I don't even pay. I don't care. I don't care that they made a trillion dollars. A lot of them aren't good. Can we grow up? A lot of these aren't good. Fuck. I can't do it. I'm sorry That's to interesting. A lot, of, a lot of people love the MCU universe. What, what, what's it for you? I literally, literally did not even um, entertain the idea of watching those movies until a year ago. My roommates made me watch all of them in order. And I'm like, Ugh. okay, this isn't half bad. Like, I mean, you can't go wrong with, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, all these A-list actors. Like, they, they did a great job. And obviously, the writers can do whatever the hell they want with that because they're superheroes and all of this nonsensical, non-real-life stuff happens. But it's entertaining. But what about it do you not like? They are, uh, I mean, they are entertaining, I suppose. Yes, you're watching, you're watching computers flash at you. Yeah. For almost three hours. There's, uh, and is there acting in it? Sure. People are, there are actors in front of screens. Yeah. Computers are making things happen around them. Now, some of them, sure. But, you know, at some point in time you go, is this not just the same movie 900 times? Is this just not, okay, you got Iron Man doing blah, blah, blah. Great. Then you got a wasp doing a thing. Right. Okay, and then you got Captain America, and then you got, then you go, they did it, man. They, 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 you know how people sometimes used to make fun of like um, the Rocky movies? Oh, yeah. And they go, it's the same movie again and again and again. Uh, first of all, whatever, I guess people can fight me on this. It's not. I get how you could say it though. But also, Rocky made, he made six movies. We're up to, uh, uh, 900, how many Marvel movies are there? Right. Not, it's like the only movie that's been made in the last fucking 10 years. Oh, my um, God. And also, the, the real quick, and this is real stupid, I know I'm a comedian. I hate jokes, man. <laughs> I hate jokes. I hate jokes for the sake of jokes. I hate, this is really what I have a problem with these, in these movies. And uh, some, some, the world is going to explode, Okay. Something is going to take out 
everything you know and love, your your mother is going to turn to sand, right? And there's and then there's a joke. And you go, why? Why? Take it seriously. And because of that, they because those movies do so well, every other movie goes, fuck, we need jokes. So now there's jokes in every single movie, man. That's my real issue. Every movie has become these movies. Does that make sense? At the same time, like, you need comic relief, right? And no. granted, nine times out of ten, it's bad. Yep. You need comic relief. No, I disagree. I, I, you, you, don't need it. you don't need it consistently. You don't need it in every, every single thing. And you definitely don't like other movies that, uh, that start putting it into their thing. That's that's truly where it comes from me. Other because these movies do so well, every other movie doesn't matter what it is. This is a drama about a a lawyer with AIDS. His life. The poster would even say there was nothing funny about his life. He was a AIDS lawyer. Six minutes in, joke, joke. He he's going to get you know pills. For fucking HIV, and as he's getting them, he's like, "Oh, these these look like Flintstone vitamins." Laugh, right? You go, "God damn it, man! Can anybody take anything seriously ever again?" So I'm, I take it you're probably not a big fan of the laugh tracks and all the sitcoms. Well, they're their own deal, but sure, not not necessarily. But I mean, sitcoms are their own their own complete thing that existed prior to the the great marveling i guess you could call it you know so what kind of turned you on to comedy then was it specific comedians or was it because like you said you don't like jokes so like watching a sitcom and a corny <laughs> joke probably didn't do it for you what was it i should i do like jokes but you know what i mean but it, anyway, sometimes i don't but um uh i mean my mom my mom uh really liked stand-up so it was always kind of on in the house when i was growing up um I just thought it was really cool. I just I just like the idea of um, you know somebody putting some ideas together and saying them to people and to uh, make them laugh. I, I always just thought it was a really cool thing. And there's some sitcoms I like. Again, it's just like how can anybody take anything seriously in some of these movies? Nothing. There's not one thing taken seriously. Mm, I'm trying to think of something that I feel like you would really really like, like like a movie like The Irishman. Granted, it's like four hours long, but that's something where, like, I feel like they Loved it. didn't have too many comic relief moments, but there were like a few where it's like, okay, that made sense. I'm glad that they tied that in. It made sense. They didn't, and a lot of movies do this or used to, they didn't jam it in to jam it in. It wasn't, the script wasn't um, punched up by the writers of Caddyshack 2, where they just go, Hey, we wrote a thing. Send it to the joke people. They go, no, no, no. This is funny because it it is, and this is, you know what I mean. I really liked The Irishman. I saw it in in theaters in New York, in like a theater theater. They played it on Broadway. I liked it a lot, and I listen to people talk about it, and everybody's like, it's too long, it's boring, it's this, it's that. I go, man, a lot of people's brains have been melted by Marvel movie, like melted. You can't watch anything like. Where's the explosions? Why isn't Robert De Niro? Where's his fucking shield? Where's his goddamn ray eyes? And you go, it's not, that's not what this one is, man. Uh, are, are you a big film guy? Like a film sure. buff, as they say? 
Uh, no, I like. Do I like movies? Yes. You appreciate movies though when they're good. I I I I think so. <laughs> I appreciate the ones that I think are good. Yes, because there's somebody that uh, there, there's millions of people that completely disagree with me and would say the Marvel movies are great cinema. And to you, I say, sure, dude. I remember playing Super Nintendo games, and they were this is a fun time. You know what I mean? I get it. I've been there. I like being covered in Doritos with a fucking controller in my hand. I understand. I get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember why I started that sentence. <laughs> well, the one thing I, I saw, I was looking at a few of your YouTube clips before we came on and the one that intrigued me and like literally right after he said it, I'm like, he hit that right on the nail was, um, saying that the stones were better than the Beatles. All you got to do is to get in an argument with a white guy is that, you know, there's the Beatles suck. And I'm like, yep, I felt that definitely. Cause like as a music guy, as a music enthusiast, it's like, you can't say that the Beatles are bad. You, you have to put them on a pedestal for people to continue to have a conversation with you because they're looked at and revered as the greatest rock band of all time. Yeah. And you're not a Beatles guy. I'm not, I, I appreciate their music. Obviously they, they're the reason why there's so many great bands today. Cause people were inspired by the Beatles or those people were inspired by people that were inspired by the Beatles, but it just, it's not a turn on for me. Yeah. For whatever reason, it just doesn't click with me. There's a few songs that I think are really, really good, but I don't know. I don't think even the stones honestly don't connect with me that well. I'll put that sure. out there too. Yeah, <laughs> start fights everywhere. Yeah, no, I get that. The uh, I do personally, I like the Stones uh, more than the Beatles. I think I agree with you that the Beatles, for sure. Obviously, I'm not a psychotic monster. Have some good songs. The uh, I like a lot of their stuff individually, personally. You know, I like a lot of Lennon stuff. A lot of uh, just by themselves. But um, I think I don't want to bring this back to Marvel, but back to Marvel. Because this band, and it's not their fault, because this band became the biggest thing in the world, nobody questions it. People will, dude, you meet people who don't know anything about the, like, don't know anything about the Beatles, okay? And they're wearing a Let It Be t-shirt. And you go, hey, do you like, and they go, come on, man. Just, they're the best. Why are they the best? You don't even listen to them. You're fucking 19 years old. If your grandparents like them, I get it. They were there. You just got here, and you're like, it's the greatest band. Why? Have some answers, for fuck's sake. Like, even when, like, I do that joke, and uh, I talk about how we, in it, um, you know, and the only reason I compare those two is because they've been compared for years. I go, if you, if you bought two toasters in the 60s and one stopped, the other one that's still out there is the better toaster. Just basically saying that the Beatles stopped years and years ago, and the fucking stones are still out here. People have messaged me countless times and said, oh, dude, well, you know, two of the Beatles died, right? So, like, it's hard to keep going. And you go, this cocksucker is supposed to be a Beatles fan. Does this guy, does this person I'm talking to think the Beatles stopped being a band when Lennon was shot in 1980? Do they, they think that that's what stopped the Beatles? So they don't know anything about the fucking band that they're defending with me. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it could be so subjective. It's just like comedy. Like, you can like whoever the hell you want to like and have an opinion on it, but people, like you said, like a 19-year-old kid is told, like, okay, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. They're looked at as one of the greatest bands of all time, which means I got to say they're the greatest band of all time, right? 
Like that was the perfect yeah. analogy to make the two toasters. Like, are you going to go with the toaster that, you know, in the 1960 died out after like five years? Or are you going to go with the toaster that's still, still out there today? Still, and, still and plugging this, away, making toast. They, they broke up. They didn't, one wasn't murdered and they, then they stopped. They stopped being a band. And I, you'd think that somebody who likes the Beatles, apparently the people that would message me, would at least know the history of their favorite band, the one that they're fucking beating off into the wind to, the one that they got, they got the, the, uh, the acoustic album, the brand new remastered album, the underwater, just found it, water, you know, super water album, the goddamn, the one that they did in space that nobody told anybody about, like, Every two years, there's a new release of every Beatles song again and again and again. You go, okay, man, great. You love all this? I understand. But if you do know something about them, to at the very least, instead of just being like, they're the biggest, they're the best, that's it, I'm done. No more, no more thoughts for me. Every year when they sing that John Lennon song at New Year's Eve, God, I get rock hard and I just stare at the sky. If anything, it's just an argument saver. It's like the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, and you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, sure, the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. Why not? I don't I'm not going to get into it. I argue. <laughs> do, do you honestly believe that Kanye is better than the Beatles? Yeah, personally, yeah. But this, that, that is 100% a personal thing. Yeah. That is solely me saying, would I rather listen to Kanye or the Beatles? Kanye. Me, personally. Do I think musically he's i mean they got instruments and shit no uh, you know what i mean it, it, it then becomes like a but that is a full on personal deal would i rather would i rather um i don't know eat a spicy chicken sandwich than a, a kale salad we, that that was a terrible analogy but you get what i'm trying to say right. <laughs> i think but um yeah again that's just a personal deal Oh my god. I mean, did you get a lot of uh comments for that? A lot of people DMing you being like, what the hell? I still like once a week I get an email from somebody who's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Which just makes me laugh because I get it. it. You know, it's your it's your your thing. You like these people, but the ones that do make me really laugh are the ones that are like, you know, you don't even know that they're dead. I go, I do. And I also know that they stopped before two died, but do you know? It also bothers me that, like, this is just a stupid thing. Most Beatles fans make fun of Ringo, okay? Ringo, what an idiot. Oh, God. John Lennon made a joke about how he's not even the best drummer of the Beatles. So me, somebody that was born in 1998, is going to keep making fun of him for the rest of time. Ringo, first of all, if you like the Beatles, Ringo was in the Beatles, he was there, dude. So, like, at least respect him for that goddamn reason. You like them, he's there. And if you want to go through the whole thing of, like, yeah, but he's not even the better. Okay, you don't like him the best. Great. You know, there's people that don't like fucking, you know, what is that his name? Joey Fatone? Is that from, from NSYNC or whatever the fuck? Is that his name? I have no idea. Sure, whatever, right? People be like, I'd JT's rather. He's the rather... only one I know out of that group. Who? Justin Timberlake. And that's oh, only course, because he's yeah. Justin Timberlake. Exactly. So there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, you know, as I'm growing up, I like uh, NSYNC. Well, personally, I just like to fucking blow Justin Timberlake. The other people I don't even know. But you go, okay, great. The other guy was still there, though. So he, right. he's at least in the position of, like, he knows this guy, whatever. 
So Ringo has been married to the same woman for like 38 fucking years. Give the guy some goddamn respect. He's out right. there petting horses and shit, talking to plants. Like, what's wrong with everybody? <laughs> I mean, granted, I mean, yeah, Ringo, um, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, uh, George, what was his last name? Harrison. George Harrison, thank you. Four megastars in their own right. Like, if the Stones broke up way back then, I don't think you'd be looking at all of them. Maybe Keith Richards along with Mick Jagger, but the rest of them you wouldn't look at as megastars. Like, they mm-hmm. were four legit megastar musicians formulated into one band. So that when they broke up, it was, like, kind of no big deal for them. It was a big deal for their fans, but it wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, they all continued on. They all did a whole bunch of shit. Um, yeah. But, but anyways, the, to, to your point where you're like, it's an argument saver, I've always had that argument with people. I told a guy one time, man, at a party, just because I couldn't, I go, dude, Millie Vanilli is better than the Beatles, man. And this guy, <laughs> oof. Because he was so, I don't, like, I don't even really care, but they were, t- you know, they're having that whole thing of, like, oh, obviously the Beatles are the best. And I got this dumb thing where I'm like, I can listen to that once, fine, twice, Sure, this is not even about me. I'm here, but like, whatever. Third time when everybody's like, the Beatles are the best, I go, I don't think they are, man. Like, I, 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 you know. And anyways, this guy was really mad at me. He got like instantly mad. Not like, there was no debate or even like, hey, why not? He was very angry. So I just was like, dude, fucking Millie Vanilli, their two big songs are better than their whole, the Beatles' whole goddamn catalog. I can't even do this. And he's like, they don't even sing. I don't care. The two guys in a wheelchair then that sang this fucking, those songs, they're better than the Beatles ever were, dude. And uh, again, personally, there's two Millie Vanilli songs that I would rather listen yeah. to than most of the Beatles catalog. That's just me. I'm just a guy who would eat a spicy chicken sandwich probably over a kale salad. But I mean, I, you know what I mean? I'm, that's, that's me. Right. I mean, if you're a poet, you love the Beatles. I mean, they just speak poetry in their lyrics, right? Where, like, there's, like, a Cardi B song. It's a good bop. You know, it's like, I like that song better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, when, when did you, um, to kind of shift gears, what, what was the first time you ever did stand-up, you know? Just smooth transition, you know? No, I also, I, I was going to switch gears because I was like, oh, dude, yeah, I also just fucking ramble and yell things, so I apologize. <laughs> um I mean, I was 19, uh, the, the, well, I guess when I was 16, man, I was in this drama class in high school and, uh, the teacher said, okay, I want you guys to put together projects to, you know, show the class, whatever. And she gave us a list of things we could do. We could, we could write a play. We could, uh, perform a dance. We could do some, and stand up was on there and I'd always wanted to do stand up. So I wrote some some stand-up jokes. So I go into my drama class and there's the teacher and maybe like 15 kids and me. And she goes, okay, give me your notes so that I can go over them while you're doing your thing. So I give her my jokes and I'm in front of 15 people and my teacher and I start doing stand-up. It's for, I've never, I'm 16. I've never, I don't know what this is. I'm doing, and I forget lines. I forget like punchlines. I forget setups. So I'm like, uh, oh man, um, I was in the store and I'd be like, I just pause. And then she would tell me what the next line was. So I'd say it. Everybody's already heard it. Dude, it, basically it was miserable experience. I 
fully bombed while my teacher read my jokes that I then repeated to about 15 people in a drama class. That was the first time I ever did stand-up. <laughs> I mean, you learn. You learn. I feel like you bomb like your first 100 times anyway, so it's like, whatever. That was brutal. I, I, at that time, I was, like, I was like, I'll never do stand-up, man. It's too hard. When I was 16, like, everything's very definite. Everything is very, like... My life's I over. Go, yeah, my life's over. I go, stand-up's done. I can't, I'll never do that again. And then I was like, oh, I'll just be an actor. Uh, equally as dumb a thought at 16, as if that's not incredibly hard to do as well, you know? Oh, insanely harder, I'd say. I don't know, actually. Yeah. Actually, now that I say that out loud, I don't know. They're both, well, yeah, they're both, they're both very hard things to do. I'd say, ah, whatever. Thinking of it currently, it might be harder to be an actor because, for the most part, stand-up you can do basically any time. Like, right. if you live in a city, if you live anywhere, really, where they got open mics and stuff, you can just go and sign up, and you can do it that night. Is it going to be good? No, maybe. Acting, I guess there's acting classes. You can probably do stand-up quicker. At a, at a lower level than you can acting. Because acting, you still need, like, groups. You need, I don't know. You need to stuff. bounce off of other people. And, it, yeah. and, like, in comedy, like, 10 people could like what you're doing. 50 people don't like what you're doing. Or, like, vice versa, you know? Like, you are, you are, you are probably someone's favorite comedian out there, and you're probably someone's least favorite comedian out there. Where, like, an actor, like, you have to pull off an exact role, Right. Where a director's like, uh, he doesn't have it. He, he's not going to fit this role, you know? And you have to also, like, get hired to do that role. Whereas, again, stand-up, you can go down to Bonefish Grill on a night where they're doing comedy in the corner, and you write your name down, and now you're on stage. You've right. never done it. You got a whole bunch of jokes about whatever, and you're just doing it now. I don't know that it's... I don't think you can do that as an... Uh, do they, do you know what I mean? Do they do that in that type of, I, I know so little about so many things, but I feel it'd be easier to start comedy than it would be acting and easier to do it repeatedly. Right. Cause you can, you, you and you alone can attest to this. You're working on your own material and you find out live on stage if it's going to work or not. We're like acting like you could feel great about it, but then someone's like, nah, you're not cut out for this. Don't do it. And then yeah. it's their say at the end of the day, you don't get the part. When was the yeah. first time um, you felt like you really hit doing like open mics? Because open mics are like all over the place. Half the people aren't even paying attention. Oh, half the people are murderers. Half the people are complete career criminals. I mean, they, yeah. they, uh, you, when I say anybody can sign up, I mean, you know, anybody can sign up. There's no, there are no um, buffers. There's no, there's nobody. What's I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but there's no, there's no, there's no anything. There's no qualifications. There's no anything. There's no I, rules, I saw, right? There's no rules. No I saw a guy one time. He pretty sure he was homeless. He was at least like crazy. I believe he it. went up in like a literal garbage bag, and he talked about uh, killing people. Like he wanted to murder people. <laughs> And it's, like, interesting to be in the room for it, but you're also going, nowhere else, man. Like, this is crazy. But, but again, if you walk into a place and you go, I want to do this open mic, you are uh, looked at as a legitimate human and you're given the chance to do it. It's just, you know. Um, but I don't know. The, the, uh, 
I, man, I used to do so many open mics, dude. Um, and God, so many, so many people, so many crazy things that you, uh, whatever. But I guess the, 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 the very first time that I kind of thought, oh man, I could like do this, I guess. It's so dumb. I used to do this, this, uh, this guy had an open mic that was after a show. Okay. In this, uh, in this restaurant in Toronto. So he would do the whole show. And then he would put up like three or four people at the end of the show. People are filing out. Right. People are leaving. Like there's a few people left, but that's when he would put on people to try them out for the other show. So I did that a few times in this guy and I bombed miserably at this place. I think it's on whatever this place called big mama's boy in Toronto, this uh, pizza restaurant and uh, bombed like so horrifically bad. You're just, you're just like, People are looking at you like, God damn it, man. What are you even doing here? Like, you yeah. ruined my whole life. <laughs> I just I just saw a good show, and now I'm listening to you talk about whatever. Like, you saw... Like, the look at people's eyes. Brutal. But I kept going back, and I started to bomb less. And then, finally, I did, I did well enough that the guy that booked it, he goes, Hey, man, I'm going to put you on the regular show. So... And it's so small now, but, the, you know, but... So he's like, okay, in two weeks, you're going to be on the regular show. So I go back. Um, my name's on, in the, on the chalkboard, and I'm on the regular lineup, and I got 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I, could, I, I could do this. I worked up from horrifically bombing in front of people that hated my life. And I basically rode the streetcar home wanting to do literal heroin. I was just like put my head on the glass and think, what a, man, this is so horrible. Why would I do this to my life? To then being paid $10 and on the regular thing. Um, so long story short, that $10 is like the, the best money I made in comedy ever because it was like the first kind of time that somebody went, hey, dude. And it's, you know, $10 is like, it's not, you know, it's not a lot of money. But right. That was the first time that I thought, oh, shit, I could, like, keep doing this, I guess. It was like your baptism as a comedian. It's like, oh, like, now I'm finally accepted into doing this, as opposed to being one of those guys that gets on stage and talks about murdering people and it just doesn't hit. It's like, well, thanks for exposing yourself, dude. Thank you so much. We, dude, we had a guy who um, was talking about how he got, like, 80 blowjobs in Vegas. And this was the first <laughs> time the first time we were doing open mic, and we went up right before or right after he did. And I turned to my buddy. I'm like, we could literally say anything, and they'll laugh over this. Like, we, we're good. Like, nothing to be nervous about. Did they laugh at that? And what were the dude. stories? Did he get eight? Like, how many days? How many days did it take him to get 80? 80, 80, uh, he said the crazy. weekend. So he went to Vegas for the weekend. And he's like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But I'll tell you anyway. And then literally said it exactly how I said it to you right there. Like, no punchline, nothing, just straight. I got 80 blowjobs, started laughing hysterically to himself, just cackling in front of the microphone. And you could legitimately hear the DJ from across the street, at the restaurant across the street. That's how, that's how much white noise there was in that bar wow. that night. You know, granted, like, half the people aren't paying attention anyway. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, like, pick it up. I think he was laughing, and he looked up and realized no one was laughing. It was like, oh, shit, that was... That was my best joke. Like, I still got five minutes left to spare. What am I going to do? Well, when you, if you just put that, you hear, did he say like 80 blowjobs or just 80 No, he blowjobs? just said 80 blowjobs. Okay, so here yeah. we are. So, okay, you're sitting there, you're a regular member of society, and you go 80. Now, in your, in your, do you think you, right, 
as a human man, do you think you can come, you get hard and come 80 times in a week? I think you'd go to the hospital. At yes. Very least. You'd be, you'd be, dude, you'd have no more, you'd, you'd, you'd be dehydrated. <laughs> you'd be, your dick is mush. Your brain is like, you're, you're not walking. You're fucked. I, I, I don't think that's even physically possible, but if it was, this is where the story would, you know, because he, because this guy goes, oh, I got 80 blowjobs. You're like, hey, man, you don't believe me. I get it, but I swear to you. And here's all of the things that happen when that happens to you. And you could do something with that because that's, dude, that's, it's, it's impossible. It doesn't even make sense. It's completely impossible. But right. So, like, um, they're already tuned out because it's like, okay, you're lying. Like, we're not going to invest into what you're It's have also to one of those now. things that just seems like, uh, I didn't, I haven't seen this guy, but it just seems like one of those dumb dick things that some douche would say to be like, uh, you know, I fuck, you know what I mean? Like just a dumb dude, I had a threesome last night. Yeah, man, it was, and you go, okay, what's the right. Ah, that's it, dude. I, I fuck dude. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have to have a really well-structured sex joke in order for it to hit today because it has been so overused by people who want to pursue stand up. Again, I would love to hear the story of the guy who, who got blown 80 times on a weekend and what that did to his life. I, I like again. Do you need crutches? Like, do you do you ever come again? Do you even do you even want head anymore? I mean, eighty times in two days is. I mean, that's all you're doing. You're just laying there, and the door just keeps swinging open. I guess you do forty a day, or do you try to like front load it and get like sixty so that Sunday is more casual? You know what I mean? Like. It's complete insanity. 80 different women? Is it all who are these who are these people? Did you spend $25,000 like what wh- all of this I'm interested in, but just the guy goes on stage and is like, "Yeah, I got blown a lot." You go, "Okay, man. That sucks." It's like he had no <laughs> script too. It's just like I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to say it. It's like some people were probably honestly scared, like 80? Like is are you okay? <laughs> scared. Going a tough breakup? Are you uh I don't know. Yeah, you're all right. Emotionally, dude. The worst thing I've ever heard, uh, and also the best, because I'll never forget it in my life. I was doing this comedy competition. Okay, this is everybody's doing five minutes, and if you win the competition, you get five hundred dollars, something like that. This guy goes on stage, man, and he talks about how he's like um, this the 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 Sears catalog. You know, you guys never had that, right? Or did you? So the Sears catalog is like, you know, like a Walmart catalog. It's the same deal. This guy's like, I'm at my friend's house. I'm looking at this catalog. And he goes, I get to the, um, the uh, lingerie section. You know, and he goes, uh, he goes, so I want to beat off. <laughs> the crowd's like, what? And he goes, yeah, but I'm at my friend's house. And I don't want to be rude, right? So he's like, I, I, uh, I get a Tupperware container. And I come into that. Okay, the real this is this is a very real thing that I I saw a, a man do, and the crowd is like shocked. They're going, oh, like that's just disgusting. You're at your friend's house and you see women in bras in a magazine and you beat like you're disgusting. And then he goes, it's right here, and he reaches into his jacket and he takes out a Tupperware container with something in it. <laughs> okay, I don't know what. Something that resembled what you know, and he puts it on the stool. The crowd is like, like 
almost they're like god like like just disgusted with this man and then he goes <laughs> he goes i bet you don't think i'll drink that no uh, dude and the no. crowd is like the crowd is like this guy takes the tupperware container dude opens it up drinks whatever the hell this is okay and then goes good night <laughs> This was the set. <laughs> and the, he leaves to like comedic throwing up. Like the, the dude, the noises these people were making was was just disgusting. People are revolted <laughs> by this criminal. And the host has to go on after him, and the host just gets to the mic and he goes, Jesus. <laughs> You got to break the tension. <laughs> the host was so shocked. I've never seen that. I never saw that guy again after that. I never saw him before that. He just signed up for this competition and was in it. And I guess he used the, like, dude, that was his set, man. He, I don't know. And I kind of think there's a part of me that thinks he did this as like, there's some people that have like exhibitionism. Like, like he used this right. as a way to drink his own cum in front of a group of people because it's going to be hard to get people to watch you do that in any other, you know what I mean? You can't walk into a McDonald's and be like, hear ye, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to drink. Like, you know what I mean? So he's like, it's kind of ingenious, really. He goes, stand up, man. He's like, look, I got this weird fetish. I want to drink my own stuff in front of people, but everybody finds it horrific. Comedy. Who's, nobody's, you can do anything you want in there. <laughs> and that was his set, dude. And he walked straight out. He lost. <laughs> The competition, by the way. <laughs> but it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in uh, almost disgusting, pretty memorable fucking thing I've seen in, in stand-up. That's one of those things where it's like, if it hits, you're golden. <laughs> but if it bombs, <laughs> you, you can't show your face ever, ever again. You're moving to Dude. Alaska. Like, see you later. Oh, man, for the type, the type of... I don't know where that would have hit. Like, I don't know what type of humans need to be in front of that but if that would have hit oof, that's i would tell it like guys you don't even like i saw arguably the greatest comedian ever like yeah. how did this man make this work that'd be the type of thing you'd have to study you'd have to sit down and go wow but he it didn't it hit in the way of people were unbelievably disgusted with everything they saw and wanted to leave. <laughs> like if that hit, you would have thought that that would have gone viral. Like that, that would have made that guy's career. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he never taped that. And I guess he didn't put it out. I, he never did stand up again. I don't right. believe yeah. I lived in Toronto for years after that. Like I said, I never saw that guy before or after. He's just a mythic man who, who finds ways to, drink his own cum in front of strangers. I mean, it's truly remarkable. You don't remember the name? No. I wish. I really wish. I'll just <laughs> never forget that whole thing, man. He took it out. He put it like the whole setup and everything. People were just like, oh, oh, like losing it. Now, was it like a white substance? Like, could it legitimately have been his jizz? Yeah. Oh. It was not, it was not like, oh, that's clearly not. It was, the crowd is like, that could be what he says it is. That's disgusting. It was d d d disgusting <laughs> word, 
It was viscous. It was, it was, it was what you, it, dude, it looked exact. It, you know what, man? It was cum. There's no way it wasn't this man's own cum. This man came into a Tupperware container, made up the whole stupid elaborate story of looking at a fucking catalog and at his friend's house. He should have just walked on stage and goes, hi guys, I'm not a c- comedian. I, I'm, I, I'm going to lose this competition because I don't even, I'm not even in it. I'm going to drink my own cum in front of you. That, is that cool? <laughs> I was like, no. And then he does it anyway, laughs to himself on his drive home. <laughs> I think the closest thing, we had the 80 blowjobs guy, and then there was another guy that night that actually won the competition who we didn't think that was funny, but it was all like suicidal jokes. Just like women, the closest way to my heart is just a knife through the chest, you know, man. And again, like no punchline, just like, oh, like, should you see someone like, is this okay? Like, is he just, is this is a cry for help? And he mm-hmm. won. And I even asked the host afterwards. I'm like, what did you think of him? He's like, I had to give it to him. Like, <laughs> like if anything, top three, like we had to do something. Cause like, I felt bad. Like maybe that made his night, but like, yeah, we, we should have talked to him afterwards. I don't know where he's at or if he's ever going to come back. Wow. Yeah. Guy, yeah. 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 Out of pure pity. People are like, fuck, if we don't give it to this guy, we'll right, be the people that happen? killed him. Right? Because, again, like, he got that reaction, like, oh, no. Like, no laughs. Just like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> you, need, you need serious help. So are you – so real quick, sorry. Are you trying to do stand-up since you've done, you've done three times or no? No. Well, I do it for fun. If I get laughs, I'll keep doing it. If I bomb 40 times in a row, I'll know to hang it up. But, you know, like, I, I enjoy doing it. I have always loved stand-up comedy. I am a podcast host. I do this. I do play-by-play commentary for sports. That's kind of my thing. I got a journalism degree at school. That's what I wanted to pursue out of school. But now it's like, what, am, what else can I do? I just got my insurance license. I could sell insurance. I, whatever, whatever floats my boat that in the season, you know. But gotcha. yeah, stand up, stand up is fun. I love the atmosphere. Love, yeah. I love the different story each room tells. Like we have stand up live out here in Phoenix, which is said to be a great room. I've gotten to go into the green room just to interact with people and share stories with other comedians. Like that's a ball, I think. Just getting different perspectives on lives and how people interpret things, I think is gold. I love it. Uh, but no, pursuing stand I mean, if people paid me to do it, I'll do it. But like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to do 40 shows a week and starve to the point where it's like, if I can't do this, I don't want to be alive. Like, it's not my goal to be a stand-up comedian. I get you. Yeah, yeah, I get you. How, how? because again, like, you're doing it now full-time. Like, it's what you want to do. How, were those were there times where, like, you were starving, like, not making any money doing stand-up, thinking, like, I got to pull through here? Did you have other things that you were able to keep financially stable? Uh, for, I mean, for years, I just had, like, day jobs, you know? I worked at, um, I worked at Starbucks. For years, I worked at uh, the Adidas store in Toronto, oh. and uh, yeah, I mean, I just work during the day and then do shows at night. That was the whole that was the whole deal. And when I was at Starbucks, even I would like just talk to people. I never really. My manager told me one time she was like, "If I didn't think you were funny, I'd have to fire you." Because she goes, "You don't do anything." Right. And I'm like, "I do do stuff. I do like all of the people I work with." When I walk in, they seem miserable. And then in my head, my whole job is like, I got to keep these people up. You know, I got to make these people laugh or they're going to fucking sink into their fucking mochas and just kill themselves. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I always had like day, I had day jobs for years, just random, just random day jobs. Right. I mean, it's almost like you were comedic relief to circle back to the Marvel universe. You were comedic relief yes. at these places. Oh, and, and let me tell you something. There was people, 
that I guess were me. In the, okay, so to bring it all the way back to the Marvel Universe, there was definitely people who, like me, who hated me because I brought comedic relief, hated it. There was this one guy who was so, like, he was by the book. So they actually, this sounds insane, but it's, it, my Starbucks, okay, became, like, I was, okay, whatever. I was that guy that made people laugh. One day, like, corporate people came in, and they were mad about it. So they went, okay, we got to, like, straighten this guy up. This was their, their real thought. They go, we got to, like, put him in a boot camp. So they sent me to a Starbucks. They literally sent me to another Starbucks in Toronto where this guy was by the book, dude. He didn't let anybody fuck around. And I worked there for two weeks. That guy was a miserable prick, and I quit. <laughs> that, was last, like, that was my last time at Starbucks because I was like, you guys aren't going to, like, I'm not a horse. You're not going to break me into being one of the people that, like, this isn't a career that I want. Right. Um, and you can make a career out of it. But anyways, yeah, I, I left after that. That guy sucked. But, yeah, you're right. No, that guy, that guy hated me. That guy was me. And he looked at me like, fuck you. Oh man, this all came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I have you beat on that though. I had a marketing job that hired me um, over the summer, like seven months ago. And after the day after I signed the paperwork, I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, like I got some sponsorships here. I'm making enough money here. Like it was like an all woman firm too. It's like I don't think I'm gonna fit in here. I don't want to become one of those guys. So I left. Literally signed the paperwork, like all the W four forms, and then left. So I'm like, I'm not gonna buy into this. Like, I'm. I'm gonna so you just didn't. Did you call anybody? Did you tell anybody? You just never. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The day of, I'm just like, you know, I thought it over. Have some other work I got to do over here. But thank, thank, thanks so much for considering me. I brought. There's probably like three or four other people that didn't get the job over me that I completely, you know, screwed over. I feel bad about that. You know, I feel bad about it. Just saying it out loud. Holy shit. But, well, they somebody know, got it then. If you quit that oh, day, yeah. they called another person. And they go, hey. You got the job. You know what I mean? Like nobody, yeah. nobody was told they didn't get it because you got it. They probably just didn't hear anything. So then they got the call that day and they go, great, I got a job. Exactly. I, I hope that's how it turned out. It's <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Jack's not coming. We may as well just fold this entire company. You know, like that's funny. All our marble. The entire company. Yeah. I was going to be the only guy out of like 40 employees. What was the job? Like, I mean, you said it was marketing, but what was your exact job? Like, what were you going to be doing? It was literally just like a desk job at a cubicle, 40 hours a week, you know, paid my bills, just sitting there making calls, video editing, developing certain, you know, video content for social media, which everybody yeah. does today, you know, which is my strong suit doing this stuff. But I don't, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. It would have taken a lot of time. I already live with four women as it is right now. I have four girl roommates. I didn't want to work with 40 women, you know, like I need guy time. Dude, are you the guy who got 80 blowjobs in a weekend? Is it you? No. Were you the one that was pretending? To bring it full circle now. No, not at all. That, dude, if I said that and bombed, I would have immediately been like, sorry, sorry for wasting your time. Put the mic back on the stand and just run out of that place. I think that guy literally got off the stage and then just ran straight to the Straight to his car. I don't think he's. That makes around. sense. I've I've been that guy. Not with that material, but I've absolutely been that guy. Run out of the building and look <laughs> nobody in the face. Leave, go home, and just fucking stare at a wall. Absolutely. What was it like um, getting the call? Because you've done multiple late shows. I know you did Colbert, you did Fallon. Like at that point, like if you bombed there, like you kind of have to just sit backstage for a while until Jimmy like says, "Hey, thanks for coming on the show." 
I, I, I don't know what happened if you like fully bombed on one of those, man. I don't think it'd be good. I think you'd hate it. You know what I mean? I right. think because nobody really talks to you. Like you do um, those things. You, everybody's trying. You're the last thing on the show, so everybody by the time you're done is like, we're we're out of here. Like the second you're done, the host will come over and go, hey, thanks. Hey, check him out here, and then he's gone. Like they're in a car. That's out of here. The cameras are close. Like people are wrapping shit up the absolute second you're done. But um, so the, yeah, I guess you would just leave and just sit, you know, somewhere. But I mean, those are those are really fun to do, man. I'm happy I got to 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 do the ones I've done so far. It's just like a cool um, it's a cool experience of just uh, putting together that set and then standing backstage, you know, while they go because um, it has to go well. That that's the you'd hope so anyway. But like the other, when you're when you're leading up to doing it, you're working on it and stuff, and you go, okay, if it doesn't go well tonight, I'll work on it tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. But there, you're like, I'm here, so you're in the back, just kind of, um, I don't know how to just whatever that feeling would be. Probably the same. Again, it's full circle here. Probably a little bit, not to the same degree by any stretch. But I mean, if you if you if you're waiting to walk into a cage to fight a human person, because that's got to go fucking well. Hopefully you've trained, you've done all this stuff to go, God, and these are not the same thing at all, but I'm assuming that there's a little bit of that like nervousness and freaking the fuck out and being like, oh shit, this is that actual thing now that I've prepared for. Um, this is the longest winded answer in the history. Please at some point in time, cut me off. Like serious to God, close the goddamn thing. I'm just mumbling here. I this entire thing was made on storytelling. I love storytelling. You could go on for four hours. I won't say a thing, <laughs> but I will retort eventually. <laughs> um, I guess long story short, to do those things was uh, has been cool, man, and and, and I like uh, I like doing them. They're fun to put together, and I, and and being there is a cool experience. You know, was there an expectation going into it? Like, not that, you know, you were specifically a huge, like, Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert fan, but, like, that's, like, the late show, the Tonight Show, like, Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, Jimmy Fallon. Like, is there, like, an expectation for you? Like, if I bomb, there's going to be, like, 4 million views on YouTube the next day that saw me bomb? No. Um, no, because there definitely has, like, you know, over the last bunch of years... Uh, those shows and zero disrespect. In it, we already know, you know, but um, they they don't have the same type of uh, like make or break you that that they did at one point in time, right? So it, it would just be miserable if you bombed, man. You, it's not just not what you want to do. You'd hate it, and you'd probably never be able to do one of these again. But more of the expectation is, um, I guess to to go in there and 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 do well you want to have a good set in front of these just in general it's your thing they give you five minutes to you own a network for five minutes which is pretty crazy to think about you know what i mean like you do conan or whatever when when conan was on it's like you're you have five uninterrupted minutes on tbs what what does that even like how much would a company charge like pay for that you know what I mean? Like you own the. Anytime somebody goes to this, that's you. Um, so again, I guess the, again, long winded as fuck. The expectation was to go have a good set and to to have fun with this whole thing because it's a cool experience. 
Right, and you're the main event of the evening. It's <clears throat> closing the show with Nathan McIntosh on Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show. It's like, yeah. all right, they waited this long. That this, I'm sending them home. Yeah, and then there's people Good. at home definitely like, well, I already saw that interview with Kathy Bates, so click, and they go, I don't give a fuck who this is. But, um, yeah, no, those are cool experiences, man. I ha- I- I've had fun doing them. So to kind of bring this full circle, I don't want to take too much of your time here. You probably got stuff going on in the city tonight as well. Do you? I do. He does, so I won't take too much of your time. <laughs> so, and plus, you're going to give me like a 30-minute answer anyway. So it's like we got Oh, God, thank you for finally calling me out. Dude, it's so much mumbling. We, we got to wrap it up. But what's kind of your the end game, so to speak, as a comedian? Because like you're already doing what you love. You're doing it on a level where people recognize you. You got your channel. You got everything going on. You got gigs constantly coming in what what's kind of your end game and um i guess I'll, i will have a follow-up question to this now that i think about it but like what what is kind of your main goal what's this um my main goal <clears throat> legitimately over the last couple of years i'm trying to uh refigure that out with with uh everything that's happened it's the main goal currently man um i'm working on a, a special that i want to put out um Currently, that is the main goal. Yeah. I guess I can say that. Long-term, like to be able to perform at in theaters for people who come to see me, you know? And if that's not necessarily what, like, th- those are the two goals. There we go. Look how, that was a quick answer, oh, man. Oh, you're done? You're done? Okay. I'm done, dude. <laughs> okay, then let me sneak in one more question, because again, like, it... it my brain because I interviewed him literally months before he unfortunately passed away and that was Bob uh, Saget. You got a chance to open up for him. Yeah. Um, I think we can both agree, like ni- one of the nicest guys ever. What, what was your experience with the guy? Um, I, ta- I, t- I talked about it on my podcast real quick, uh, but the, the absolute, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, the absolute nicest person I met in comedy uh, by far. He, he, so I'll, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. I, when I go to the show, man, he couldn't be nicer, dude. I'd never met him before I got the opportunity to open for him. Um, he couldn't have been nicer when I got to the theater. He was so gracious and, like, invi- dude, he, like, brought me into his green room, and he just couldn't, like, he was so nice. He kept talking about how lucky he was, which, which I found really cool. Like, he kept talking about, like, he goes, oh, man, this theater's packed. He's like, people are coming up to see me. He's like, I'm, I'm a really lucky guy, man. And he's like... His girlfriend was with him at the time, and she left the room for a second. He goes, uh, man, my girlfriend's beautiful. He's like, I'm a really lucky guy, you know? He talked to his daughter right before the show started, and um, he comes over to me, and he goes, my daughter's the best. He's like, my kids are great. He's like, I, I'm just a really lucky guy. But he said it. He really meant it. Meant he it, he yeah. wasn't saying it just to be – he really meant it to the point where I'm kind of standing there going – he like he thanked me a countless amount of times for doing the show, and you just sort of go, "Buddy, what? You're you. Why would yeah. I not do this show?" Um, anyways, long story short, so once I did that show, he was like, "Hey, man, if you if you want to stay in touch, you know, whatever." And I never did because a lot of people say that and whatever. But about six months later, I'm moving to New York, and I know nobody in New York, and I'm I know absolutely nobody. And I go, "Wait a minute, I met Bob." shot in the dark here i'm gonna message him and and ask him if he could help maybe uh, point me in the direction of like a manager at a club or somebody that i can kind of talk to in the city bob messages me back 
which I thought was crazy as is. And he goes, what's your phone number? This man called my phone, dude. And you just kind of go, for how, for how like big he was and how much stuff he had and like who he was as a person, for him to take the time out of his day to call me, a person who is asking a favor of him, cannot help him by any stretch. Dude. That guy, man, easily, easily, easily nicest person I, I've met in comedy. Oh, my God. I mean, that, that, that's an unbelievable story right there to show you just the humility that the man possessed. Because, like, I talked yeah. to him for maybe, like, six minutes. It was, like, this meet and greet video. And by the end of it, he's like, you do a podcast? Let's, let's hop on. And he gave me, like, 30 minutes of his time. I'm like, I'm just, like, a kid. I was a senior in college at the time, right? Yeah. Like, I'm nobody. Like, I'm not going to get you any more exposure than you already have right like you are 100 percent helping me out as a as opposed to the other way yeah exactly i mean it was i mean that that in its own right again like just out of nowhere i don't i don't think that they uh ever really truly revealed what happened there did they i i i i'm not yeah i have i i don't know and i haven't asked necessarily um i don't know i don't know just like a crazy thing man really sad like just really really sad i'm happy that i got to um have any kind of like meet him at all man he was uh and that story is amazing him just being like oh you do a podcast let's do it god that's crazy i'm sure you have friends that won't do your podcast yep. because people are like no man i gotta do blah 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 blah. like everybody has their own stuff going on and that's why i say for that guy to call me you just go who is like my god that's fucking wild man are there anybody else like that that you've either opened up for or have been in contact with, like bigger names in the industry that have helped you out along the way? Um, you know what? Short answer, no. But also, bigger answer, nobody also... I've also never met... I've met a bunch of like uh, bigger name people, I guess you can say. I've never had a bad experience with them either. You know what I mean? Like, I've never had a, I've never had a truly... Because, you know, you see that every once in a while... On a podcast, somebody be like, you'll never guess who's garbage, and then 40 minutes on how they're bad. Um, I've never had that with uh, with anybody, and, I, and I've been fortunate enough to meet, like, some pretty cool fucking people. But um, legitimately, top to bottom, he was, Bob Sag was the nicest human man I met in comedy. Man. Again, like, dirty comic Danny Tanner on television. I still I can't I still can't believe he pulled that off. Yeah. So where can we uh, find you? Obviously on social media, but you got shows going on in the city as well. Where where can people find yeah, you? Yeah, I mean I post those on uh, my website nathanmacintosh.com. I guess I post them on uh, Instagram as well. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, fuck at Nathan Macintosh. Um, I got a YouTube channel, and um, yeah, man, kind of wherever wherever people see things. Well, Nathan McIntosh, I think this is the 486th episode that I've done on this oh, podcast, and that that come in the bag story might might be <laughs> might be the tip of the iceberg when it comes to stories. That's unfucking believable. I'll never forget it ever, man. And I'm gonna continue to every once in a while when I think about it of like crazy comedy stories. That is the one that I will go to. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude. It, do you ever tell it in your sets? No, no, I've never told it on uh, stage. No, I, I think I've only told it on. 
dude, you this might be the only podcast I've ever talked about it on. I it only jumped know, into my head when why. you talked about open mics. Man, I that that baffles me because that is uh, one hell of a story that I feel like literally all, all it takes is like, so what was the biggest open mic thing that you ever did and that, that should trigger your brain almost instantaneously? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, fuck, maybe, maybe now, you know, what's funny now it'll be the only story I tell on podcasts. That's it. <laughs> People are like, what's your name? I go, it doesn't matter. So I did, I watched Listen. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. This is fun, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I head back to the Jersey, New York area every few months just to visit family. I'd love to see a show. If you're in the yeah, hit me up. I definitely will. And again, like if you big league me, whatever, but I, I will definitely get a <laughs> ticket and be like, hey Nathan, remember me? That'd be so funny. I tell that whole story and then I and then I'm I do the exact opposite. I don't even try to help me. You hit me up and I go, Who is this? What is this? No, no, no. Hit me up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.